Kia ora koutou. Um, this is just a little heads up that uh, in this episode we talk about some things that are a little bit heavy. Um, when it gets to my challenge um, and I'm talking to Lifeline, uh, I talk about my own experiences uh, nearly ending my life. Uh, so if you feel like you're not in a space where you're all good to, to hear about that, then then maybe, uh, you know, you don't have to listen to my challenge and I won't be offended. Um, awesome. Enjoy the show. Kia ora everyone, welcome to episode 3 of How'd It Go. On today's episode, we're going to find out what it was like for Robbie to speak to someone from Lifeline and what it was like for me to ask people why they love me. Yeah, so obviously, short episode. (laughs) 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 Uh, Burn! Burn! But I love you really, it's a mental well-being podcast, here we go. How'd it go? How'd it go? That's what we all want to know. Did you finish what you started or are you now broken hearted? Did you learn anything? Did you do anything? Did you win anything? Did you lose anything? We just want to know. 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 How'd it go? So, Maxwell Apps, uh, we've heard in previous episodes, uh, with you going to your counsellor as well, that um, sometimes you have trouble uh, being kind to yourself and sometimes you have trouble uh, affirming, you know, all the great things that you've done and, and, and the, you know, what a, a kind, lovely, you know, joyful person that you are. Um, you have trouble affirming that to yourself. And so this challenge is hopefully putting you way outside your comfort zone, poking at all of the issues that, you know, you've totally conquered by now. We've done We've done a few episodes. Like I'm sure your, your mental wellbeing is perfect forever from now on. Um, so you're poking at some insecurities. You're trying to look after yourself. You're going to talk to people that matter to you and, and asking a scary question, which is, you know, why, why do you love me? And why should I love myself? Which are pretty big full on questions. So Max, How'd it go? This is really hard. This is a, this is a, a difficult thing for me to ask. But the, re- the reason we're here, the reason I, I wanted to speak with you is because we've known each other a long time. And I, I care very deeply for you. I assume you feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> My main Um, insecurity seems to be that I'm just not good enough. Anytime I have a panic attack, anytime I suffer anxiety, it usually stems from the idea that I'm not doing enough to be the kind of person that I want to be. I'm very good at ignoring anything that would suggest otherwise. I don't really acknowledge my successes or anything that I have to be proud of. I just think about what I'm not doing or what I have to work on about myself. So I knew that if I was going to interview some people that I would need to put some rules in place to make sure that I didn't just immediately dismiss anything they would tell me. First rule was it needed to be a sober meeting, which seems like a funny one to say, but um, it did cross my mind. It might be a little bit easier to do this after maybe a few beers, but the thing is that happens anyway. Everyone's got a story about having a deep and meaningful with someone after having a few drinks and saying you love them or something like that, but it's... That's an easy thing to discount because, you know, you're drunk. People say all kinds of things when they're drunk. Um, I also wanted to make sure that this needed to be an hour-long meeting 
and it needed to be private so that it could just be me and the other person. That way we wouldn't feel rushed and it was something we could talk about properly, a lot like a business meeting. I, I treated this as much like a business meeting as possible. And I had a third rule, but I'll talk about that when it comes up. Um, after I made those rules, all I needed to do was to set up some meetings for love interviews, as I decided to call them. Did you know this was a hippie podcast before? Well, now you know for sure. The first person I talked to was an old friend of both me and Robbie's, an amazing person named Sylvie. Uh, I've known her for almost as long as I've known Robbie, uh, since way back in high school. Um, I reached out to her, and she said that she would absolutely love to do a love interview. So we sat down and had a talk. Trying to ask people for tangible reasons for why I should love myself or why they love me and like I mean that in, in, in any any way I, I don't it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be like a massive sweeping like this is the massive reason it's like no you're just really good at like I, I don't know yeah yeah just just yeah just like little things that I can just have in a, in a notepad on my phone or somewhere and be like cool uh, that's okay that's why I can love myself because yeah people say that this I think it's really important to value things in yourself eh? mm, yeah if you can't see it in yourself as well at the mm. moment, mm. To, to get a bit of a nudge along. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think you should, I don't know whether you know that you're so, that you are, yeah, really one of the most loyal people um, I know. Like, yeah. Yeah, you've stuck around, man. (laughs) (laughs) Through through lots of shit. From the moment Sylvie said that, I felt incredibly uncomfortable. Um, But I needed to um, press on. I needed to ask for clarification. And I know it sounds super vain now, but I'm trying to show you how to do this. I wanted her to get specific. I wanted to know exactly what she meant. What is that? What what is, like, what what do you mean? What do I mean that you're loyal? Yeah, like, yeah. Like you're I, I'm here sorry. right now. Yeah. You're here right now, and you've been here for me through so much, and you've been through. You've been here for other people through so much. You know, like you pick people up <laughs> in your car <laughs> when they need you. Like, you've done that to me. I remember on my fucking 17th birthday, I was crying in the streets because I'd been stood up. Mm. And I texted you and you came and picked me up. And you were filming a birthday present for me. That's that's right. <laughs> yeah. And you picked me up and we got shitty ice creams and I got to be part of the birthday present, you know? Like, mm. not many people do that. And not many people have the flexibility or the... I'll be there for you and I can drop some stuff if I need to. (laughs) Sylvie told me some wonderful things and I'm so appreciative for her for talking with me. The thing is though, I've known Sylvie a long time and we're very good friends and I feel very comfortable with her. But a greater challenge would be to talk with someone I'm not as comfortable talking to about this sort of thing. Can I just get for the record? This is a new challenge. This is a how-to-go challenge. What we're doing right now. This is a how-to-go challenge. Okay. I feel like I haven't explained it to you no, no, very well what we're about to do. So I asked my father if I could interview him. So I'm Max's dad. Yeah, that's good. Who Chris. Yep. I've been his dad his whole life. Yep. For 23, nearly 24 years. Yep, that's true. 
And I remember the day as if it was yesterday. <laughs> it's a scary thing to ask, because it's not something that I'm, I'm used to asking for, or used to asking in general. It feels, it almost feels, it feels quite vain to ask for this, to ask for, you know, hey, what, what, what do you like me? What makes me likable? What, what, is, what are the traits in me that, that you like in me? That feels like, you know, fishing for compliments or something like that. Mm. Shall I start there? If Shall I say yes, something? Yes, please. Because I think there's a big difference between loving you mm -hmm. and liking you. Right. All right? So okay. I love you unconditionally because you're my son. Yes. But liking you is a different thing. Okay. You know? I have to like you for the person you are, not mm. for the fact that you're my son. Mm. And that's, that's quite different. Right. Yeah. Do you like me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't be in this house if I didn't like that. So, yeah, I do like you. Okay, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. What is it about me that you that well, like about me? I like your creativity, your honesty. I like what you've done, I guess, with the foundations that we've given you, even though at the time we didn't know we were giving you foundations. Hmm. You know, I hmm. think back to the whole musical instrument thing and the karate thing mm. which were really things that we gave you or I wanted to give you because I didn't have them when I was a, a child mm. and I love how you you took them and you've turned certainly the creative side into what it is now mm. um, I really loved how you stuck with karate mm. even though we had some times where you wanted to give it away right? mm. and, and I, I hope I didn't force you to stay but just mm. coaxed you to stay Mm. And you saw it through to the end. So, mm. you know, I like your stickability with stuff mm. and where it's got you today. Mm. You know, now, you know, if you win that Academy Award, everything will be sweet. <laughs> and I know you're, you're, you're struggling and you're mm. trying to follow your passion, mm. which I like as well, although sometimes it's frustrating. What do you mean? For both of us. Well, just. You know, on the financial side and the mm. certainty side and the, mm. all that sort of stuff. Mm. But um, you know, you're you're going at it. You're not wasting your time. You're you're giving it a real hot go. Mm. If you're feeling at all uncertain about how much you mean to those that are close to you, I cannot urge you enough to actually ask them. People want to tell you what you mean to them. When I was talking with. Sylvie, she just let loose all this stuff that she was just thinking off the top of her head, which I'm not going to share all with you because some of it's quite a little more personal, but she found it very easy. My dad found it very easy. I didn't know how he felt about me, and I just had to ask, and he had so much to say. So I honestly, I urge everyone to do this. Just follow the rules that I laid down. Do it sober, because then you can take it all as fact and you you won't think oh they're just drunk you will take it as fact to treat it like a business meeting set aside like an hour half an hour a block of time make it private make it so that you're not pushing to finish it or that you're not making anyone else feel uncomfortable let out make it a, make it a two-person thing and my final rule is make sure you have something to say back to them thank you very much Okay, man. So this is what <laughs> <laughs> what we came to do. It is it? what we came to do, and it's 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 very it's very beautiful. It's very uncomfortable, but it's very 
rewarding. Yeah. I don't think I tell you enough how much I like you and what I like about you. Well, let's just not go crazy. (laughs) Well, this is the time. This is literally what this this moment's about. I I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Mm. I, I, I... I hope you've got something out of being my son, as I've got something out of being your dad. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I unconditionally love you, mm. and you piss me off sometimes, mm. and that happens. But I do, I do genuinely like like you. Mm. I, mean, I, I love that. It seems to me that your main value is family, one hundred percent. That's mm. that is the driving force behind every decision you seem to make. Well, at the end of the day, that's all you got. Right. I used to get it from mum. From my from my mother, your grandmother, mm. you know, mm. and dad as well for that matter. Mm. You know, without family, what's the point? Oh, what I really admire about you is that you have seem to have a grasp on yourself. Like I've been with you in in moments when uh, you you've been you've had a lot of emotions and a lot of. Mm tough shit going on but you've been able to grasp like yeah I feel like shit because of this and these reasons <laughs> and these people and these circumstances this is why I feel like shit and which which makes <laughs> which makes me as a friend very uh I, I can feel a little bit helpless because I feel like one of my biggest strengths <laughs> as a friend is helping people figure out what's going on and you don't really need that you're like no I know what it is I'm just I'm just good pissed off right now <laughs> <laughs> and I like that you actually have an appreciation for something like a lot, of, a lot of people don't. They just sort of go through life and just make things happen. You have an appreciation. Like even, the, even the bikes is something I don't share with you. I don't share an appreciation for bikes, but you do. And I do enjoy our talks when you talk about what you're working on. But that actually is something that's a passion of yours. Mm. Yeah, I do like it. Mm. It's the machinery. I like the machinery. That's why I like um, you know, when we pull all these instruments and stuff mm. like that. I like them as as machines, mm. you know, maybe that's not the right word, mm. but as a, as a thing or a tool or whatever it is, mm. that's what I like about it. Mm. You know, I look around the room, keyboards, guitars, harmonicas, the microphones, all that sort mm. of stuff. I like them as, as bits of engineering, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. So it was very easy for me to mm. procure them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've always admired how it feels like you have it. I. It feels like you have no limits. I. It feels like you can do anything. Oh my god! Like it. On. It honestly. It honestly feels like what the things you do, the art you make. The. It's like I don't know. I don't know what you can do. I honestly don't know <laughs> what you can do because you always surprise me. Or well, that's just me constantly underestimating you. <laughs> so that. That's a me thing. <laughs> but I. It just. Yeah. I'm always always excited to see what you work on because I know that it's, it's going it's going to surprise me in a really good way not in a little silly way but in that because you, mm. you you have talent and vision and you share that and it's great and hey I this think, isn't about me come on this is about, I think I think what this is is about both of us mm-hmm. I don't think these are one-sided conversations <laughs> you know I don't I don't think like it's something that I I need to hear but it also like it makes me want to tell you how much I love you and what I love about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome, Max. Thank you. Thanks for doing this, eh? Hey? Thank you for doing this. Okay. So that we that, done. That's it. That's that's what this is. That's okay. That's
So do we hug it out now? Well, we can hug it out now. Yeah, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Ask the people in your life what you mean to them because then you get to tell them what they mean to you. (sighs) (laughs) Sincerity is really hard. Yeah. That's the main thing I was thinking because... You know, the first thing your dad did was make a joke, you know, <laughs> and that's like, that's what we do. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was to make a joke as mm. well. I was going to be like, this is all just goddamn Max PR. This is, <laughs> this is public relations for Max. But I was like, okay, what if I didn't do that? What if I, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's something that, um, you know, obviously we're both huge comedy nerds. Mm. Um, and part of the reason I think that we love comedy is, is. Because that's that's our go-to in conversations is to undercut every sincere thing that anyone has ever said. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's potentially also a, a New Zealand thing, and and I think that maybe that's a way that American culture has helped us mm-hmm. um, in some way is that it's okay if things are a bit treacly sometimes because sometimes you feel really good about people and you want to tell them. Mm. Um, so I think that's yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think I would have had a lot of trouble doing that. And not punctuating every sentence with a joke. Was it hard not to resort to, to comedy or, or, you know, to shy away from the sincerity of it all? I mean, I had that thought going in that that was something that I was going to be mindful of. Um, and just letting people talk. Um, that's a really tough one because as soon as Sylvie started saying nice things to me, I wanted to be like, oh, here's you though. <laughs> we just talk about you. It's like, no, 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 no. The whole reason I'm here right now is for me yeah. and for me to hear this from someone I love. And yeah, it feels it feels real vain for me to say that this is what I did. I made a whole podcast about myself, but like it is like, a, I think it's a genuine skill to be able to just have someone tell you something good about you and you just say thank you. That is it that's something that I think is a genuine school and it's something I'm trying really hard to work yeah. on. Um because otherwise it leads to what I have is insecurity about how good I am or what kind of person I and am. And that's the thing as well. It's like people don't give compliments ever. Mm. So we all kind of we're all guessing mm. what we think is yeah. good about ourselves. Mm. Because nobody, we never say to each other, hey, this is why you're a cool person. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. I It certainly doesn't happen that much in my life. And I think, you know, uh, even, I know it's a good rule, very good rule, the don't be drunk rule. Very good rule. Yes. Because that uncomfortable feeling is what adds some emotional weight to mm. what is being said. Mm. Um, although the other day when we were getting drunk and we were playing a drinking game mm. and a friend of ours, Fran, added a rule which was every time you drew a heart card uh you had to give a sincere compliment to somebody mm. else in the group and pretty quickly i was you know basically crying yeah because just like somebody saying something nice about you mm. and especially something that you kind of suspect might be the cool thing about you but mm. you didn't know and then somebody strikes that note mm. it's deeply moving mm. In the same way that it's also if some horrible bully says something horrible about you, which confirms all your negative thoughts about you, mm. that's deeply moving as well in the in the opposite way. Um, but it is it is deeply moving to compliment people, yeah, and, uh, sincerely. 
And I just think there are so many like tough people who would be like, I can do any challenge you lay before me, wouldn't be able to do this challenge. <laughs> I, I hope that's not the case. I, I thank everyone. I, in fact, no, I know that's not the case. Mm. Everyone can do this. This and like it, it is treat it like a business meeting. Treat it like we're not going to hang out. No, no, no. We're going to have a meeting where we're going to sit down opposite each other and say these things. We're not going to have the TV on in the background. We're not going to like, I'm not even, I don't, I'm even hesitant to say, go for a walk and talk about this. I think this should really be something you like, you reserve a space. Don't go to a cafe. Don't go to a bar. Don't go in. Just go mm-hmm. to a room and just talk because that means you treat the moment with the importance it needs. Cause it does feel silly. Yeah. Like it feels like what was the treacle? Like that is yeah. absolutely how it can feel, but it's so incredibly helpful. Again, like this, that again is a fraction of mm-hmm. what was actually said. Um, but the kinds of conversations you can get into, especially with my dad, this is not a conversation I've ever had with my dad. I had to cut it from the thing, but he did. I did ask him, have you ever had this conversation with your dad? And he said, no, no, he didn't have this kind of conversation with his dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we should be, it, it, with our parents, it should be incredibly easy to have this conversation with people we've known all our lives to be like, yo, real quick, um, can we just have a talk? Um, I don't know exactly how you feel about me. Can I just ask you a couple of questions about how you feel about me and push for specifics? That was something that I, I, I knew I needed to do because when Sylvie called me one of the most loyal people she's ever met, mm. that, you know, she means that, that is sincere, but when I hear it, I'm like, that's a saying. That's not... That's just something you can say to someone. It's that's, a positive catchphrase. But it's, it's, a, absolutely, yeah. it's a catchphrase, but it's like, no, I want to unpack what you mean by that. And then she started giving me examples. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that stuff that I've done. Yeah. <laughs> Those good deeds that, I, that oh, I've done. yeah, that I forgot about immediately. Yeah. Yeah. They, they mean something. And I think, I think also, I just want to, like, I feel like, you know, there have been times, you know, on people's birthdays or like when I left Edinburgh that I've taken the time to, you know, write out letters telling people how much they mean to me or, mm. or, or sit down and tell them. But I do think that's a really great point is that you can also ask. Yes. You know what I mean? Like definitely, absolutely. It's hard to, you know, to set up this event as Max says, it feels silly. Um, You know, and obviously the easiest thing to do that we could say to you right now is, you know, go tell a friend that they mean something to you or, mm. you know, tell your parents that you love them and specifically why. Mm. The challenge beyond that, ask. Yeah. Ask for yourself because, it, it, you know, you don't want, you know, your parents to pass away or your friend to leave or you know, and and you never had that conversation. Mm. I will say, this is something that I, I did want to say. Um, think about who you're asking, though. Yeah. I do want to say that. Um, I was meant to talk to another person mm. about this, um, and they let me down. They, I, they, we organized some times um, to meet up and talk, and they couldn't make those times they kept changing and then eventually it just didn't happen and it's a special kind of hurt (laughs) to ask can you please tell me why you love me and then for them to cancel yeah that that hurts this did they did they know that that was why they were they were yes yes they they knew exactly um what uh what 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 the meeting was going to be um and you know things come up these things happen but it shows where the priorities are. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely being careful and yeah, protecting it, yourself. Protecting yourself, you know, make it easy on the other person. Like I, I went and spoke with Sylvia at her flat. I spoke with dad at our home. 
at a convenient time for him i assured him it wouldn't cut into the <laughs> yeah. too much i was like oh for half an hour can i just talk to you yeah <laughs> and then we can go back to watching friends <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I i will say just as a precaution just uh just think about who you're yeah. asking yeah um because you know i wish i could say go ask go ask anyone go ask everyone yeah. but and definitely i think the same with like the rules as well as mm. you know those rules work for max if mm. you think you need to change the rules to you know to make it work for you and to make it safe for you then then do that but you know i'm i mean just this is one of the few times where i'm listening to this and i'm like oh i think i might do this with like my dad and yeah. my, you know definitely with family mm. i i think i think i think you should yeah I, I really i really think you should um I mean, I think everyone should, but I, th- I think you should too, as someone who is similar to you in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, even just like going back and listening to the recordings, <laughs> it was still a moving experience, even though I knew everything was going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So parting advice, tell your friends and your family why you love them and specifically be as specific as possible and it will sound dumb and it will feel dumb but it will mean something telling someone you love them because they pick you up in their car is a truth that's not like oh that's a the selfish reason love is selfish that is okay <laughs> to say that ask because people want to tell you but just just you use some common sense about who you're asking and i i didn't and i got burned a little bit um that's really good advice though yeah i'm glad you said that I like this one because it's like, it's not just about fixing problems. It's about, <laughs> you know, like making things even better and making life more joyful. So this is a good one. This feels, this feels very how to go. This, feels- this is a classic how to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Vex. Thank you. Robbie Nickel. Hello. This podcast is all about trying to become a better person. And what better way than to talk to people who are already amazing people? Um, that scene has made sense. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, your challenge was to talk to someone who provides support for people who are struggling with their mental well-being, um, even if they are at a crisis point in their mental well-being, um, and sort of find out how they go. So, Robbie Nickel, how'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go? No, it's recording from now. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 20 seconds ago. This is Renee. I'm talking to her and Andy from Lifeline. Well, I'm Andy, and I've been a volunteer here at Lifeline on the 24-7 line um, since 2005, so about 12 years. Um, my name's Renee. I'm the um, clinical manager at Lifeline, and um, so I sort of take care of um, our practice here and, and make sure we're following the best practice out there. I wanted to meet people who maintained their mental well-being to a high enough level that they could support people at their most vulnerable. There's sort of these tears every day and these hugs every day and there's lots of laughter as well. Um, people like me. Really uh, I'd used their service before and I didn't want to mention that just yet. Um, that's not the kind of thing you start with. Uh, instead, I wanted to start by asking them about the things they didn't expect to be difficult. The challenges they did not know they were signing up for 15 or 20 years ago. Um, I think probably the, the prank calls that we get. Right. Prank calls. Often in the school holidays, kids will call up um, and you can hear giggling in the background. It's just a prank call. And 
and some years ago we, we were always told just to, to tell them this was a, a counselling line and we'd hang up, or crisis line, we'd hang up. But now we, we've changed that, A, yeah. and you really have to try and engage with them because there could come a time when they really need Lifeline and if they remember that actually when they called to, you know, as a joke, that we were actually very kind to them, then they're more likely to call us if they have a crisis of, of their own. So, yeah, I find that quite difficult to, to um, just to jolly them along and, and um, not hang up. Um, yeah. But I see the reason behind that it. That is a challenge. But yeah. actually, that sort of paid off recently. We had somebody pranking oh, the you? same person for about a year, and then um, the person called and actually had a really traumatic sort of really? situation they were in. Um, so they were testing the line the whole time to make yeah. sure they could trust us. I think a real another challenge is our, we have a, a group of regular callers, quite a large group, um, and that's challenging because sometimes the situation doesn't change from year to year and it's really difficult to see somebody struggling for that long. Um, yeah, going through crisis after crisis. Mm -hmm. I find that difficult. We also get a lot of people calling up um, because they're lonely mm. and and that can be quite difficult because um, you know there's other people trying to call you who are actually are perhaps suicidal so but you really have to engage with them because that to them means everything you know asking about their day and what they're going to do or how yesterday went and yeah so that's as important to them as you know to someone calling up in crisis mm. yeah that's true it's sad to think of that there's so many lonely people out there um, yeah that's difficult they seemed really cool and confident. And I know I'm not a good comparison because this probably isn't the best job for an anxious person like me, but surely they weren't so calm when they started. <laughs> I remember my first call. I don't think you ever forget your first call. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was a lady calling from wherever, and I don't remember what her problems were, but I do remember that she just went on, and it, the call was 45 minutes long, and normally you know, half an hour, 25 minutes is quite long enough. And I remember the leader at the time coming over to me because obviously she was listening in because it was a practice call. She came over to me with a little little note, end this call now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> because the caller was obviously just repeating her story again and again and again and I didn't have the skills to tell her that... Um, now we're going to finish. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was it was a suicide call, oh, which really? I was a, one of the unlucky ones. Oh wow! A young person. Yeah, it was really really difficult. Um, uh, yeah, my stomach sort of dropped as soon as he said that. I I thought, oh, okay, here we go. So I pulled out my oh, sort of um, training manual and just worked through it. And yeah, it was um, it was a good outcome, but it was really stressful. Yeah. Really stressful. I had to go home after that. <laughs> and sometimes there's an option if things didn't, didn't end well to call the person back if we're worried. How often do you do that? Mm, not a lot, but it's, yeah, it definitely happens. And also when we leave the call centre, we really try and leave the callers behind so we don't take them home with us. I never discuss calls with, with my husband or family um, because, you know, we just need to leave them behind. 
Can I ask if you guys have ever, you know, been on the other side of the service or because I have and, you know, I'm really grateful that um, services like you guys exist and I'm definitely, you know, I'm one of the people that you never hear from again but is doing better because of people like you doing your work. In 2016, I'd contacted the Depression Helpline at 4202. They're a separate organisation which provides a text service. I hate phone calls with a deep and burning passion, so it was really important to me that I could text. Recently, I charged my old iPhone 4S to see the messages that I sent to 4202. When I look back at them now, it's really clear that I was in a pretty bad place. I find myself really disgusting at the moment, and I think about suicide more and more frequently. I'm really ashamed of my sexuality. I feel like a total creep. I just wish I didn't have any sexuality at all, or that I could escape myself. I remember that I had to break my text messages into little bits because their system couldn't handle large texts, which was annoying because when you're an anxious person, you want to send large texts full of punishing circular logic. I don't know how to stop being guilty and shameful, I said, and my counsellor replied, okay, would it help if we do some work on managing your thoughts? Okay. I said, that sounds good. And it was. But two weeks later, I contacted them again. I've just been feeling real jumpy since I took the meds. Could you tell me where I could get affordable counselling? I looked up how to make a noose today. Every now and then there are little comments in parentheses. Sorry for being so demanding. Thank you for your help. I'm sorry, Brian. None of this is your fault. I'm just struggling. And three days later, I'm hoping to get support through WINS in the next week or two. And then, a few days later, Hi, I'm sorry to bother you again. I made a noose in a farewell letter, and I thought I should message you instead. Eventually I got help, and I made it through. But I didn't understand how Andy and Renee could handle endless phone calls of people like me at the end of their tether. Just a moment of reading my old messages and I was at risk of returning to damaging thought patterns. I was amazed how optimistic they were in spite of their work. Or maybe because of it. It's good to actually get the word out there about what we actually do here and, um, and that we all just need to band together and, and there, is, there are things we can do. We don't have to accept that the suicide rate stays the same or we don't have to accept that people have to die alone and in pain. We just, you know, there are things we can do. Well, sort of what surprised me is just the power of listening. And you don't even, you know, just listening non-judgmentally and, and just exp expressing that you understand someone changes a lot for people. It helps them, make, you know, it makes them feel heard and validated and make them feel like they matter. And it's so simple to do and anyone can do it. Are there any um, recurring themes that, that come in with the phone call that you kind of, you wish you, you didn't have to keep hearing? Just um, people, when they are in crisis, especially suicidal crisis, they feel like they're a burden to others, like they don't belong, or they don't fit anywhere, um, people will be better off without them. Um, so they're disconnected. Um, 
So before they get to that point, we need to engage people, keep them connected, make them feel wanted and needed and loved. And um, I don't know if there's any downfall. Like the system obviously is not always great, mm. but it's communities and families and friends more before they get to the mental health mm. system. Yeah. Because it's reaching out to that person that's not so lovable and maybe hasn't showered for a week and looks a bit ratty and, and it's, yeah, reaching out to those that um, that you see around you really that that you recognise, you know, may be lonely and, and, and needing someone. And it's easier said than done, I know, but um, that's just how it is, eh? Mm. And and to anybody who uh, is considering using the service, what would you what would you say to them? You pick up the phone. Don't <laughs> call us. We're here. A simple message. Yeah, we're here. Don't do it alone. You're not alone. Hi, <laughs> Max. Hey, Robbie. That's that was that was really amazing. Thank you so much for talking about your experience. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that out of the way first. Yeah. And but yeah, thank you so much for for sharing that. Like that's you know I'm your I I I I, I consider myself your best friend. <laughs> but you know I still don't really know all that sort of stuff you went through. Yeah. No. I th- I don't know. I mean, it was interesting even for me to also charge up my old phone and mm. and to look back at that. Because I was like, oh, wow. You know, at the time, that was just how I thought. And also now I can be like, oh, yeah, that's that's somebody who's not doing great. Was that a, was that decision as a result of talking to, um, I'm sorry, Renee and... Renee and Andy. Renee and Andy. Was that because you talked to them and you were like, you want to go back and see? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was why. And also, I guess, um, I don't know, that's part of also why I wanted to talk to people from Lifeline and learn about what support processes they had for themselves. Because I just remember that tech service was like my only place where I could totally kind of vomit out, you know, my darkest thoughts and kind of feel like it was a safe environment to share those. But I was like, that's a pretty hard job being the one person who takes on, you know, mm. the the bile of, of a bunch of people who are, you know, in in the darkest place they might be for their entire lives. Um, so I thought, you know, I just wanted to know how, how they could handle that day to day, how mm. they could get through a day and then head into work tomorrow. Also, to some extent, say, to say thank you, because obviously they only hear from people when they're not doing good. And then mm. once people start doing well again, they're gone. And yeah. there's no way of knowing if if they never get in touch again because they're doing well or because, you know, they, they, they took their life or, or whatever it is. So, um, so I, you know, I wanted to to get the word out about services like theirs. And, and um, so Lifeline doesn't get any funding from the government, mm. which they say in some ways is freeing and allows them to do things that they wouldn't be able to do um, if they were funded by the government, mm. but also means that, you know, they're, they're reasonably constantly searching for funds. Um, mm. So to get the word out about people like Lifeline who are, you know, who could always do with uh, financial donations if you're, you know, not necessarily willing to to give up, you know, a, you know, a month of your life to... Mm 
to, to train and, and learn how to be a, a volunteer, um, then that's definitely a good thing that you can do. I think also um, definitely their the message about like, you know, reach out to that person who doesn't seem like they're doing too good. And mm. I think we can all think of that time where there was like someone at school or someone at work who, you know, as they said, like hasn't showered properly or, you know, just doesn't seem like they've got the the social skills or whatever. And it's so easy to just kind of turn your back on that person and, and say, uh, no, I just want to be with the cool kids and I <laughs> don't want to be a part of that. And, but you know, it just take the time to just don't, you know, take the time to not be a dick for like five minutes. Mm. And it's amazing. As they say, the power of just like listening non-judgmentally just for a little bit. Mm. Um, so do try and do that if you can, um, as you know, they said it too easier said than done, <laughs> but you know, give it a go. Um, and also I think hopefully in sharing like some of those messages or just like a kind of an idea of the, you know, where my head was at, just the kind of sense that like, I don't know, I'm doing pretty well right now and, um, I'm glad I'm here. And so, you know, you can have really dark, awful thoughts, um, and, and get through to the next day. And it's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a better life, um, just around the corner. Recording? We're recording. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That got a little full on there, didn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Robbie. That, that was that was really that was great. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. But um, yeah. Obviously, we've we've covered quite a lot in this podcast so mm -hmm. far. We've been through quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, we've talked about some of our own personal experiences. We've learned a lot of things from very smart people. Mm. Now, with that knowledge, we should probably do something. So. It's time for go on and do it. It's time for me to challenge you to something else. I'm going to challenge you, Maxwell Apps, to take the knowledge and the learnings that you've had from this season so far and take it to people who can actually make a difference. Um, I'm talking about politicians, the people I like to talk about a lot, and maybe you don't, yeah. but that's fine. <laughs> uh, and so uh, your challenge, Max, is to go and speak to some politicians about mental well-being in New Zealand. Good luck. <laughs> go on and do it. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. That's all right. That's great. All right. <laughs> I'm worried that people think that we're making this up as we go. Well, these are heavily planned challenges. Yeah, we're basically lying to you. Okay. Oh, you know what? Then here's your challenge, Robbie. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see where I this raise goes. You. <laughs> oh, I'll see your politician. <laughs> and raise you teenagers. Oh, no. Yeah. That's much scarier That's than much politicians. Scarier. <laughs> uh, so we talked to a bunch of teenagers uh, in the prologue of this season of How'd It Go, um, and we asked them what they were wanting to know about mental well-being. A lot of these challenges are from those conversations. We crafted those challenges based on those conversations. So it just makes sense to go back to that school and speak with those teenagers and teach a health class about mental well-being. Okay, borderline ridiculous, but I will <laughs> go and try and teach a health class. We'll yeah, see right. how that goes in the next episode. Yeah. But in the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, mm. you know what to do. You can follow us at Howd at Max or mm -hmm. at Howd at Rob. Oh, that's on Twitter. Uh, that's on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Just mm -hmm. search for Howd It Go. It's very easy. Give us a review. Only five stars, please. please. But do tell us nice things because <laughs> it makes us feel happy uh, in the iTunes reviews. Uh Subscribe on SoundCloud or wherever you get your, your podcasts mm -hmm. and, um, you know, 
come back soon. And also, you know, if anything that Robbie said today in this podcast resonated with you, then uh, just wait till the end of the episode. We've got uh, numbers. Uh, if you look in the description, we've got numbers and contact details for various services that can help you. Definitely. Uh, the people that I texted for 202, you know, they can help you too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but stick around and you'll hear a bunch of people who are, who are here to help. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Look after yourself. Love yourself. Be kind to each other. We'll see you next time. See you next time. If you need any help or support with anything that we have brought up in this podcast, uh, then you can free call or text 1737 to talk to a trained counsellor at any time. Uh, You can call Lifeline at 0800 543 354. You can get in touch with the Suicide Crisis Helpline at 0508 828 865. The Depression Helpline is 0800 111 757. You can get in touch with Youthline at 0800 376 633 or email talk at youthline.co.nz. Look after yourselves.